So during the fellowship hour, everyone sat with those they knew. I didn't feel welcome to sit with them, and so I sat at another table. Not a single person spoke to me or sat down with me. When I moved to a new community, I was looking for a new church, and so I decided to go to one that their website stated that all are welcomed. Upon arriving, I saw no greeters or ushers. Bulletins were just laying on a table as I walked in. I felt like no one noticed I was there. I was once asked some pretty personal questions the first, as a first-time visitor. I was a young adult, married, but visiting without my husband. I was asked if I was single or married, and when I said I was married, I was then asked to whom, a man or a woman. The questions continued and ultimately ended with them telling me to hurry up and get pregnant so that there would be children in their church. Guess what? There will be no children in their church from me. When visiting a church, my wife and I were led to believe that we were sitting in someone else's seat, not just by the people we had displaced, but by those we overheard sitting behind us, stating that we were sitting in so-and-so's seat. We made a mental note never to return again. These are just a few of the stories that I collected this past week from people who did not feel welcomed in the church. And I'm sure that each of us would be able to share our own stories of times when we were made to feel unwelcomed in the church, either at a church we were visiting or a congregation that we've been a part of for many years. And I know that these stories are not all that unfamiliar to the people's experiences here at Faith. Now, I have heard wonderful stories where people felt very welcomed, but I've also heard those stories where we are considered a closed-off and cold congregation that people would never visit again. And I say that not to shame us, but rather that as a congregation, we would benefit from learning how to be hospitable, to continuing pract continually practicing hospitality, reevaluating how we are doing from time to time. In the book, The Wel Welcoming Congregation by Harry Britton, he shares that many congregations and congregational members believe that they and their churches are doing a wonderful job at welcoming others. But the reality is that hospitality is not being practiced very well in churches today. Despite the desires for many congregations to be welcoming, church members often have the aspiration of being welcoming but not the skills and the techniques on how to. And so today, as I said in our children's message, we are beginning a new four-week sermon series on hospitality, on God's radical hospitality. Hospitality is at the heart of God, and, all, and God de desires for all of God's children for hospitality to be on our hearts too. As Christians, God calls us to welcome the stranger. God calls us to care for the orphan, the widow, and the immigrant. God calls us to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to visit the imprisoned. God calls us to greet all who are looking to belong because God's radical hospitality says, there is a place for you, for everyone here.
God desires for us to be hospitable to all because this is the core of who God is. So over the next four weeks, we're going to explore the radical hospitality of God. And as a congregation, we will be invited to engage ourselves in the practice of hospitality, experiencing what it might feel like to be a guest in this space and learning skills and text techniques on how to help us be more hospitable. But this morning, I want to start off our learning on hospitality with a little exercise, one that simply requires you to raise your hand. So I just want to make sure we can all do that. Can you all raise your hands up and down? Okay. So raise your hand if you prefer cats over dogs. Okay. Raise your hand if you think that this green carpet is the ugliest thing you have ever seen in your life. Okay, just checking. Raise your hand if you're an extrovert. Raise your hand if you grew up in a denomination other than Lutheran. Raise your hand if you believe our judicial system is broken. Raise your hand if you prefer rock and roll over country music. Just wanted to see what's going on behind me. <laughs> Raise your hand if you feel bad for Pastor John because he's a New York Mets fan. <laughs> Raise your hand if you work 40 hours a week or more, or more. If you believe that something needs to change in our nation with gun violence. Raise your hand if you know that Jesus loves you. As you can see, there are many things that can divide us into different groups. It can be small things as differences in sports teams to major things like our positions on immigration. Across our country, political parties, race, religious beliefs, sexual orientation, and economics are dividing us more and more as America is becoming increasingly diverse. And while we say that we are open to people who are different than us, the truth is we are most comfortable with people who look like and act like us. We build communities and friendships among groups of like-minded individuals. And we do our best to stay as clear as we can away from those who differ from us or even challenge us to think differently. Yet these divisions are exactly opposite of the hospitality God desires of us of the community that God calls us to in Scripture. In the book of Isaiah, we heard of a common community that existed among the Israelites. This common community was made up of like-minded Israelites who shared the same ideas of what was pure and what was not. They were comfortable within their community of faith. But God spoke to them through the prophet Isaiah about a new vision one in which all people honor, who honored God with their actions were to be included in that community. Henry Britton says, at this point, suddenly the community of faith was not limited to the people of the same nationality or political party. Being admitted into the assembly of God did not require being a man or woman in a traditional family with 2.5 Israelite children. The prophet Isaiah shared that God called for barriers to fall in these religious communities, which began a movement of inclusivity 
that only accelerated when Jesus began his gracious and loving ministry. God's challenge for us to, is to be a part of an uncommon community, one that is truly countercultural within our divided society. And this is the basis for showing and living God's radical hospitality to the guests within our church. To live this hospitality, we look to the examples that we have within Scripture. And the Bible is littered with them, of God reminding us and Jesus showing us how to love the stranger. Time and time again within Scripture, we witness a deep concern for our neighbor and for the stranger. In Genesis, Abraham welcomes three strangers who ultimately predict Sarah having her baby. Hebrews 13.12 reminds us that by welcoming the stranger, we may recognize their holiness. As it states, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. In Deuteronomy, Moses reminds the Israelites to love the stranger because they too were strangers in the land of Egypt. Psalm 146 tells us that the Lord watches over the stranger. Even the laws in Leviticus speak to showing hospitality to those in need, as the law dictates that the landowners shouldn't reap to the very edges of their fields so that the poor and the alien might be fed too. We see throughout the Gospels Jesus entering into the lives of people who are on the margins of society, those who struggle with hunger, shame, disease, and homelessness. And he does this out of deep compassion for them, but also because he shares their experience. Jesus himself appears to people in towns and villages as a homeless stranger with no place to lay his head. And we see this most clearly in our gospel passage for today, as Jesus walked the road to Emmaus with the disciples. Not knowing it was Jesus who was with them, the disciples welcomed the stranger to walk with them. They included him in on their conversation about all that had just taken place in the days following Jesus' death. And as they came close to the village, Jesus walks on ahead of them, as if he's going to continue on his way. But the disciples show him hospitality by inviting them to stay with them. And Jesus does. When with them, Jesus offers them hospitality as he breaks and blesses bread with them. Jesus, in this passage and throughout Scripture, models hospitality for us by entering into our stories, into our lives, and walking alongside us. But not, <clears throat> but not only does Jesus show us how to be the host, but also what it's like to be the guest, receiving the gifts given by the host. God has called us to be in the ministry of welcoming the stranger, of showing hospitality to all in spite of our, their different classes, religious backgrounds, genders, races, and ethnic groups. <coughs> Henry Britton states, this is the challenge of Christian hospitality, to embrace all God's people as God has embraced us in Christ. This involves developing the skills to see everyone as a child of God, a sinner for whom Christ died, a person bearing the image of God, 
no matter how obscure that image might be, through personal sinfulness or social prejudice. My brothers and sisters in Christ, God's hospitality is not unknown to us, nor is it something that we're good at. But it is a way of living that needs to be nurtured and practiced. Over the next weeks, we will continue to explore how hospitality is a way of living, both in giving and receiving, a way of living the love and grace of Christ with those that we know, as well as, and most importantly, with the strangers among us. Amen.